0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to the after show on a Friday evening. Yes, we're without oh, my two fellow compatriots, LB and uh, Greg, are both doing their thing separately. So it is me tonight. LB's traveling. Greg's got other arrangements and other commitments he's attending to tonight. So it's just you and me and a whole lot of great clips from the after show. And we will be seeing uh, LB and Greg on tape uh, as they'll be joining us throughout the show with some of their highlights. In the meantime, what I would love is, uh, I've got time to hang out with you is if you could tell me in six words or less on the chats and either YouTube or on Twitter in six words or less, why you like the after show and the best answer we'll get the new narrative cap, which I've not actually got around me, but maybe I'll get it by the end of the show and I'll show it to you. All that is coming up. I gather there's not that much news. I, why is MSNBC calling no news breaking news because they're saying the build back better plan is on hold. Well, that's been the news for the last few weeks. So there's no breaking news. You're good to stay here. We're going to have a little fun, play around a little bit. And, uh, you know, the first person we should check out is Greg, because you know, Greg is the star of the show and he'll be the first to tell you that. So Greg's away, but he wouldn't have any other way that he wouldn't appear on the show. Greg, what do you have in mind in terms of what's best in the, uh, in the annals of, of the famed after show narrative? An undisclosed location oh. i said live but it's not live i'm
1: live here but by the time you're watching this it will no longer be live i don't remember when the last time or rather the first time it was that i did narrative i think it's been going on for long enough that it merits uh, us having a greatest hits episode i shudder to think what Zeb will decide to include in his greatest hits episode hopefully it won't embarrass me too badly i don't think that it will Meantime, I'd like to thank all you guys for watching. I want to thank Zeb for having me on the show. I want to thank LB for being here with me most of the time. What you're going to see, as I understand it, is something that we said about Kavanaugh. I shudder to think what it might be because, you know, we wrote that five-part piece about Kavanaugh that's very, very scholarly and well-researched. But um, once the Manhattan start flowing on the show, uh, you know, we're a little less careful. Um, a little more angry and, uh, you know... That's how it goes. I'm sure Brett wouldn't mind. I mean, you know, <laughs> I think he's been known to have a drink or two or three or five. five. Six. <laughs> six is good. <laughs> anyway, this could go on need. for
0: a while. Thanks. Here he is. Here is uh, the clip. I was going to play you. It's a really exciting. Thank you, Greg, for suggesting the Cavanaugh clip because in fact, Kavanaugh was a big story for you on Prevail this year. It's also a big story for us on the after show because we got to talk to you on a regular basis as you took this sort of nothing thing and made it into a real story that landed up with Sheldon Whitehouse on your show. So if the Senate gets attention from a story that came out of the Prevail website and in the after show, we're going to pay extra special attention to it on our best off. So here is one of the episodes where we discussed Brett Kavanaugh, and this time we spoke about the money of Brett Kavanaugh. Here we go.
1: did not have himself great wealth, okay? He was making, I think, $62,500 a year at the time when he bought that house for two million, whatever it was. The down payment on the house was something like $265,000 wow. over, okay? So we don't know where he got the money from. We don't know. He never said, he was asked and he never said specifically. Now his father, Everett Edward Cavanaugh, I believe goes by Ed, what was a fancy high powered corporate attorney he was a lobbyist for the the perfume cosmetics. cosmetics yeah yes. which that doesn't have any tie in at all lb to any
0: oh, of this other no. stuff not at all does that have any tie into the world but, I mean he, at this not point even, I, every not even a little who, bit. every big business person from back then any single person involved in that legal world would have back then had some tie in it seems to me there's not a single person who came back from that era that is clean that may well be true
2: no zev i'm going to push back on that there, we're at a point now where certainly there's so much just blood money out there there's whole industries created out of it that we accept as as sort of like in our realm and not not that uh, specific to the underworld but they're they were used to push the money through but that didn't really accelerate in any meaningful way until I would say the mid-2000s, it started getting really bad. His dad earned his wealth back in the era of the Louders, Ron Louder, the, like those folks. Okay, yeah. so uh, that's a very specific industry. Wait, is it's he actually connected specific. to Ron Louder? I don't know if he's connected to Ron wow. Louder, but that's because he comes up later on there was some the, lot. Uh,
0: Thomas Barat Correct. investigation There's, a lot. That's right. Wow,
2: that's really
0: fascinating. <laughs> Small world when you're having fun. Yeah. yeah, it's a small
2: world. So we can say stuff like that now and we can deal with the repercussions now of how much of this money is out there and controlling everything, but it wasn't always that way. And certainly being a little judge or whatever the hell this guy was before he be- sat on a circuit and having your father purchased you basically a home, if that's what the father did, there are disclosures that he is subject to once he did get his nominations. Um, and had to go through a confirmation process. Remember, he didn't just come onto the Supreme Court, he was a circuit judge. So he had to be confirmed for that as well. And this man was not truthful in his disclosures, either by hiding information or putting in bullshit excuses like the national tickets and whatever he makes up about where his money come from or who bails him out of his terrible, terrible financial hygiene.
0: Same as the Trump Organization, terrible financial hygiene.
2: Terrible. It's a
0: common theme.
2: His
1: father got a $14 million golden parachute the year before, right before in 2005, he was pushed out or retired, whatever, from the lobbyist job that he had. And he left with 14 mil in assets. So Mm -hmm. he absolutely had the money to just pay for the house outright. So again, no one. I don't care if his father buys him a house, great. I don't care about that. The problem is we don't know. He refused to fucking say, and we need to know. That's the problem. We don't know who paid. And it doesn't really, like, this guy's an only child. His father already has a house that he owns and lives in. They're fine financially. And the father might look and say, here's my one son who's doing this nice thing going into public service. I want to help him. You don't put the down payment on the house and then deal with the bank. You just buy the damn house in right. cash and then yeah. have them pay you the more that's what you do so if you have the that's means weird why too. did not yeah. why didn't they do that that doesn't make any right. sense so this is right before that like he buys the Wait, house and the, thing, i think go that, ahead
2: okay. and the, and the country club two country club memberships and private education for his daughters
0: yeah. It, I mean all a, that stuff. So you're saying very- are you saying the retirement is the forty million dollar retirement is questionable? No. You're not saying that. No, 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 no. no. It's t- perfectly legit golden handshake.
1: Yeah, no, no he's, okay. a, he's a rich guy. That's fine. Okay. And that's not the issue. Yeah. Brett Kavanaugh moves into this house. The mortgage and the taxes on the house are higher than what he can pay with right. on his salary that that's it's just fucking but it's math just based here. So, on the
0: salary the, we don't know yeah. if he's got and he other, said
1: uh, people asked how he did it and he said the thrifts ah, uh, the uh the thrift savings account which is this little <laughs> piddly account that he gets from being a, a judge or whatever there's not enough money in the account to pay for this yeah. thing now, so people lie on their taxes
0: right maybe he's lying on his taxes i know he's a judge he shouldn't yeah, but maybe he's, he's lying on his taxes it
1: doesn't add up the yeah. math doesn't that's add right. up and again if his father wants to float him I don't care about that. No judgment. Good. God bless him. It's his money. He can do whatever he wants. The the thing is, we need to know. The American people need to know. Because if he just went out and said, yes, my father is rich and he bought the house, then this would all go away. But he didn't do that. So why didn't he do that? And did he not do it because it's not true and he didn't want to lie under oath? Or did he not do it because he's embarrassed because all his friends are rich and he's not? Or is he just congenitally unable to answer a fucking direct question? Either way, none of those three things suggest that he should be under That's just the money.
0: Indeed, that is just the money, isn't it? Amazing. This is a story that began in a blog. No disrespect to Greg's amazing blog, but it's just the blog. You know, and it's a good blog. Everyone should read Prevail. But there is Greg and LB finding a story that no one else was paying attention to and they began to talk about it in a way that really has caught attention i still think it's going to have a little way to go before it bubbles up into the the big mainstream media but it certainly has caught the attention of a lot of people who make you know big decisions like uh senator whitehouse and that is amazing that two respected people like lb and greg could bring that story from complete oblivion into everyone's attention on a blog and a little tv show called the after show There's more to the Kavanaugh story because as we know later on, we found out that the scandal was even bigger because it turned out that Chris Ray, the FBI director, was in cahoots with the White House claims that he had uh, hidden 4,500 complaints from the public about Kavanaugh and then handed over to the White House to deal with instead of doing it himself, instead of investigating the 4,500 claims that came in from the public, which may have included potential criminal offenses. So that's the story that came up later on when we spoke to Alison Gill, who works with both uh, Greg and I on our podcast, and we love Alison. She's a great guest on our show as well. LB was away that week, but we spoke about the Kavanaugh scandal as it evolved and as it revolved around Chris Ray. He has that segment. Chris Ray, because Greg, this has been a particularly big story for you and you've been talking about it and writing about it and successfully getting attention on this topic. And then more information came out about Chris Ray this week. So why don't you pick it up and then we'll we'll go from there.
1: Well, I mean, the main thing is everybody knows now the FBI investigation at the time. The deal is that at, back in 2018, the FBI was sort of pressured or, or Trump was browbeaten into doing this investigation, which whatever it was, it lasted a day or something after everybody begged Jeff Flake in the elevator to do it, which there are moments throughout the last five years that feel like absurdist theater and that we're watching some sort of idiocracy on another beam of existence. And that was one of the moments like, like that's what it took for the FBI to investigate the this guy that's one of nine people that's going to sit on the Supreme Court for the rest of his miserable life and has all these credible allegations, right? But the FBI said they were going to do their thing. They got 4,500 tips, people calling in. We don't know what the tips were. Ray collected them, did nothing with them, gave them to, I guess, Don McGahn or somebody at the White House, and then that was it. And has been, as I understand it, completely stonewalling any attempt to get any more information that anybody in congress has tried to get out of him for two and a half years ago mm-hmm. am i doing the math right
0: well, two know. years ago yeah a bit longer
1: yeah so now this is coming out about his cover-up of Maybe you don't want to call it that. You can call it something else. Certainly it's a choice not to pursue this.
0: Yeah. So- Look, it's 4,500. First the, the FBI doesn't do this. The FBI doesn't normally do tip lines, but if you're going to ask the public to report things to the FBI, the public has the perception that they are reporting crimes to the FBI, that someone might be able to take care of those crimes once they've reported them. So this first time ever they decided to do a tip line, I don't know why, but there it was, they decided to do it. 4,500 people submit information. It's a lot. of evidence, presumably, for some things. Some of it might not be criminal, some of it might be, but we don't know because Chris Ray, whose job it is to investigate things, whose job it is to find out if any crimes were committed in these instances, gives it over to the White House, which may be complicit in some of these crimes, or certainly is complicit in a cover-up regarding some of these crimes, and these crimes disappear. The unusual fact they ran a tip line in the first place makes it very weird to then to then cover it up. And you say, yeah. should we call it a cover-up? And I think we should call it a cover-up because is the chief crime fighting guy in the United States, the number one guy, and he's involved in something that looks to everybody and is in reality, the disappearance of people reporting crimes and those reports.
3: Well, yeah, and and if I can jump in here, this is where transparency would help because there is a 2010 MOU, a memo. And um, I mean, we can ask how, like how many memos does it take to kill democracy? (laughs) But there's a 2010 MOU that I, you know, I spoke to some people who've worked at the FBI. That MOU kno- stands knows
0: for a memo about. of understanding, by the way.
3: That everybody knows about in the FBI. And, and it says that when you are tasked to complete a background investigation or an additional background investigation or expanded background investigation into somebody who's going to be working for the government or appointed to the Supreme Court, for example, by per this MOU, per policy, you are allowed to investigate the information. You have to gather the information and hand it over to the client asking for the background investigation, in this case, the White House. And so it's been posited to me from folks who used to be in the FBI that it seemed like when the White House was like, all right, do this and then give us the stuff that the FBI opened this tip line almost as a fuck you to the White House to say, all right, you want it, you got it, and here's we opened it up to the public. Here's 4,500 tips. There you go. But that seems, I don't know, that that, that doesn't seem like something it seem you like should a smart do, thing to do. <laughs>
0: right? Yeah. You're going to get caught anyhow.
3: If you know you aren't able to investigate those yeah. tips, which they are, the FBI is not. It's a true is, you-
1: I have one sec. I don't want to before you move on, Zev. Yeah. This, no, no, this memo to There's a lot of uh, talk about this, and I've heard very smart people. I think uh, Frank Fugluse wrote about this in 2018, about the whole thing. And this is the policy of the FBI based on, as I understand it, based on this MOU. And I guess as with some laws that are in the books, how the laws are applied might be different than what is in the actual document. So my question is, has anybody actually read this fucking? I mean, is it available? Where's legal (laughs) Twitter to tell us how the FBI shouldn't have done that? Are they just going to say no, 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 like legal Twitter does? Like, let's dig up this MOU and have at it, please. That's what I want to. It has
3: been
0: read. Yeah, The Guardian wrote a piece about it.
3: The Guardian got it. And they said it does appear to say that, but they haven't shared it. I think it was part of a FOIA from somebody else. But yeah. none I'd of like us to see did.
0: the thing. I'd like to see yeah. the thing. But until until if we he even if he thing, did, even if he did, even anyway. if he, there was a memo of understanding and he shouldn't have done that. So here's the FBI director who, you know, we turn to in times of crisis to do all sorts of things that might not be by the book. Like uh, General Milley. I mean, there's a profiling courage that we can all agree, or at least I think, was a worthwhile profiling courage. He did the right thing, maybe. You don't think so, Alison. We can talk about that in a second.
3: Uh, I, I think he did the wrong thing for the right reasons.
0: Okay. Well, at least he had the right reasons. No, we're not going after Milley. I hope no one's going after Milley in any sense seriousness because Millie probably saved the Republic. I sort of have the same expectation of Chris Ray that if he's in the middle of the situation and he happens to encounter 4,500 crimes that are, you know, possibly could impact the future of the constitution and the future of the court and the future of the Republic that maybe he intervenes and says, you know what, I'm not going to follow this particular memo of understanding from 2010 and I'm going to try save the Republic from a crazy drunk Supreme court judge who could sell us out in the next few
3: years. Or you follow the MOU and then open another investigation on predicated criminal activity from any of the tips there was nothing stopping him from doing that no. and there was also nothing stopping him from telling the United States here's what I'm doing right like I'm handing this over to the White House because of this MOU everybody see it like why is it all shrouded in secrecy it's like it just reminds me of LB asking at what point does the secrecy become damaging to democracy
0: right and then two years of hiding it two years of not responding to Sheldon Whitehouse asking about these things <laughs> makes it even worse because now no one knows why he's. Coming covering it up because if he was, you know, there's obviously not good motive there. If he's spending two years dodging every question, uh, he's got two
1: weeks left. He's on two weeks notice. Senator Whitehouse put him on two weeks notice. What does that mean? He said, apparently he's got to deliver the goods that he's asked for in the next two weeks or else Ah. something else will happen.
0: Things will escalate in some-
3: (laughs) There might be a subpoena subpoena from the tips or something like that. It
0: just seems to me he shouldn't be there. I mean, it's even just for optics, if optic reasons, he should be just, You know, step aside, let somebody else handle the FBI while this big scandal is brewing around you.
3: A lot of stuff behind the scenes we don't know about too with, there were letters written by multiple members of the FBI. We don't know which ones and other people who were asking Joe Biden to not fire Ray, to keep him in place for continuity and mm. all sorts of other reasons. But we don't know who those people are or the reasons, you know, outside of just continuity and et cetera. So it's the lack of transparency that galls me.
0: Mm-hmm. And the whole environment we're in, where got <laughs> Eric Merrick Garland doing what some would say is not a very transparent job. Let's call it, it's not very transparent, but I would say also not very effective job in prosecuting the former administration. We've not seen any prosecution of the former administration for anything. And then, then along comes Durham in the middle of all of this, and he is able to get an indictment of a like low-lying um, Democrat. I mean, it seems to me that without the context of Merrick Garland, I would say, okay, maybe Chris Ray's just maybe screwed up in the middle of administration, but we to me like there's an overall feeling out of the DOJ that it's not really interested in pursuing justice for the former administration.
1: Can we talk about Ray just for, to we yeah. stay on him before we yeah,
0: go? I wasn't really moving on. I was just- uh, in,
1: Yeah, no, into Garland. I mean, yeah. let's just talk about who he is first of all this isn't the first time he's covered something up in his career oh, yes. right he's chris christie's attorney when he was a private attorney right. during that whole Bridgegate scandal and then the cell phone goes missing and i guess he has it somehow or so there's, so there's that thing that that happens right i don't know the full details but he's involved with this fishy
0: Bridgegate thing that was a terrible scandal like, you remember that they yes, shut was, down the no, no, that for uh, that freeway but also they someone died in the context of them shutting it down so it was not just the, not just the, inconvenience and it, chris ray because greg this is so uh the answer to many of your questions as to what happened to those two weeks is I don't know and it's worth a follow up because if Sheldon Whitehouse was expecting something from Chris Raye in those two weeks, did it arrive? Uh, Senator Whitehouse, maybe you could let us know because we're really interested in figuring that out. And if, they, if it hasn't arrived, why not? Why not, Chris Ray? Are you still covering things up? I don't know. We'll have more on that story because now I just remember that, you see? That's the useful thing about having a best-of show. You get to remember all these loose ends. So we'll do that in the next couple of weeks. But I asked you for uh, to describe the after show in six words or less. There's a narrative cap for the best one. Here's some of the answers, and I'm sorry if I missed some of the in- them, I'll go back and try type them in. Also, apologies for the typos. I was typing really fast. Hard-hitting news with grit. Yes, that sounds like us. The truth with empathy and humor. That's from True Player. Thank you, True Player. Uh, Greg's rants, LB's laugh, Zev's calm, Juju Julia. Thank you, Juju Julia. Um, I'm not so sure how calm I am, but I'd certainly agree with the first two. And then investigative, insightful, with enthusiasm and respect. Wow, those are big words, and you found all, all of them in one sentence. Well done. Maybe that's true of us. I hope it's true of us. We try that. We try to do all of that, but mostly we try to have some fun on a Friday night. We'll have more of that more fun from LB because I have seen her in the best pair of sunglasses you've ever seen. And she'll be up next after this break. Hi friends. Thank you for supporting narrative. Today's show is brought to you by policy genius. Now there's no better time to apply for life insurance than right now. And it's not just the temperatures falling. Life insurance rates can go up with each year you delay buying with policy genius, you can compare quotes from over a dozen top insurers all in one place. You can save 50% or more on life insurance or $1,300 a year or more on life insurance by using Policy Genius to compare those policies. Policy Genius licensed experts work for you, not insurance companies. So you can trust them to guide you through every step of the insurance buying process. Thousands of five star reviews on Trust Pilots and Google attest to Policy Genius's excellent service. You can get covered in as little as a week thanks to their award winning policies that don't require you to do a medical exam. Instead, they do a phone call. This exclusive policy was recently rated number one by Forbes, higher than options from Ladder, Ethos, and Bestow. Just head to policygenius.com and in minutes, work out how much life insurance coverage you need and compare personalized quotes to find your best price. Policy Genius will handle the paperwork and the scheduling all for free. They never sell your information to other companies or add on extra fees. You can head to policygenius.com to get started right now. Policy Genius. When it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right and my sincere thanks to all our sponsors this year it's impossible to do the show to afford it just on what we get from our patrons and we're very very thankful to all our patrons although we do need more of you if you we'll get to that a little later on but I do want to say thanks to the sponsors because uh, it is a little expensive living of course is expensive but doing the show full-time is also expensive and it requires a lot of technology equipment uh, you know, you to pay for things all the time as one does in any business. So we're really thankful to all our supporters and we hope that you spend time with our sponsors. So if you want to check out life insurance, Go to Policy Genius, their comparison service here. It's really, really good. I wouldn't put it on the show otherwise. And the same with all our other sponsors, please check them out, support them, it means a lot. Every time you support them, means they support us even more. Now, I did say I saw LB with an amazing pair of sunglasses and I mean it, they are probably the best pair of sunglasses in the world. LB, where are you today?
2: Hey guys, (laughs) sorry, I'm not on narrative. It's cold now. And we're all migrating back um so it's migration day me and the geese um so for narrative zev asked what are sort of my two favorite things recently look i'm really just on there to listen to greg oliart rant and to be live with him when a rant happens Hmm. because there's nothing like a greg rant and my favorite greg rant is what the one he did about the royals as you could tell, I fell out of my chair. I think even that got kind of cut when the pod dropped later, but I was just crying. It was bad. It, I was a mess. I make the ugly cry face, but he just had me in stitches. So that was my favorite Greg Olia rant. And then also the only reason I'm on there is to play with Greg Olia and have Zev play moderator because that's my favorite thing that Zev does is we're just, you know, we're just having fun, guys. We really are. I know it's information and it's great and it's helpful but we really enjoy each other. And I thought one of the f- more fun times we all had together <laughs> was um, when Greg and I were reading from the transcript of uh, of Kevin McCarthy and Paul Ryan. I think that Evan McMullen recorded that. I don't know, we don't really know who recorded it I, for certain, I don't think, but that was a really fun moment too. So we, we actually did some, a table reading, a narrative live table reading. So those are two thoughts that came to my mind, and I hope you enjoy the... the To set this up, Greg Oliar, this fabulous director of plays, uh, and I are going to do a dramatic reading of the transcript that was recorded from the 2016 of Paul Ryan and Kevin McCarthy and a woman named Something Something Rogers, who's a congresswoman, who actually had, I just discovered this, Liz Cheney, she's from... Washington, I think she had, you know, the position Liz Cheney has in the house now, this woman Rogers had it before Liz Cheney. So she was a big important figure, probably still is as a congressperson, we just don't hear about her that often. And everybody knows this is yet another one of the sort of gaslighting or distracto, the ways that the the media reported on this particular conversation, because in it, Kevin McCarthy has that fi- that fabulous line, I will try to deliver it with as much Kevin McCarthy as I can about who Putin pays, right? But Mm -hmm. what I want to bring to everybody's attention, and I've been trying to bring this to people's attention, and it very much ties into uh, what we've gotten out of the Konstantin Kalinick revelation, which wasn't a revelation, out of the Treasury Department this week, is that the Republicans, the Republican leadership, especially in the House, knew full well what Paul Manafort had done in Ukraine for Vladimir Putin to help install and and continue to corrupt the politics on behalf of Putin's puppet at that time, uh, Viktor Yanukovych. Uh, So that's the discussion, everybody, that they're having. And that discussion did not get covered, only the end piece. But now, knowing what you all know, knowing what everybody knows, now that Rachel Maddow believes that Constant Kalimnik was a spy and therefore would have delivered. I mean, it's unbelievable, she finally made the leap that the spy is taking the spy stuff to the spy place that he works. I think it's important for everyone to to hear this conversation and really take in and understand what the Republicans knew and when they knew it, which is everything. Okay, so I'm gonna be everybody but Paul Ryan. And Mr. Olear is going to be.
4: And I'm going to be Paul Ryan, so I have my prop here. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Unidentified individual.
2: Kevin had the Ukrainian prime
4: minister this morning. Oh, so he did. I just left him in the healthcare. Okay. This guy's a good guy. (laughs) This guy's a pretty good guy. Okay,
2: now I'm Rogers. Oh, I forgot to do my thing. Sorry, everybody. She has short hair. Here. Okay. Okay. Uh, is this the guy who's been there a while?
4: No, he's new. He was the speaker of the. Their other prime minister got kicked out, right? Right. This guy's like the anti corruption guy. This guy's there because he's the anti corruption guy. He's the, he was the speaker. And he's the one who is working on the amendments to the Constitution, um, independent judiciary. Okay. They got that in now. He's passing all these anti corruption laws.
2: How are things going in Ukraine? How are things going in Ukraine?
4: Well, the Russians are bombing them 30, 40 um, um, shells a day, and the people, Crimea is gone, and they're trying to clean up the government to show that they want to be Western. So they're trying to prove to the Western world that they want to be Western or Westernizing, so they can get support to get their country back. They're, mm, everybody talks a good game on what they're doing, but he's passed all these anti-corruption laws. The question is, are they, like, Executing? I think by the summer they'll have it all done. Did he talk about their economy? Yeah, this is about getting actual growth and not graft growth. So no, it's not good, but...
2: I, mean, I went there a year ago. It was like, wow, these people are living. They're on the front lines. They're fighting for their freedom. It's uh, their independence.
4: He basically, he has this really interesting riff about people have said that they have Ukraine fatigue and it's really Russian fatigue because what Russia is doing is doing to us financing our populace, financing people in our government to undo our governments, you know, messing with our oil and gas energy, all the things Russia does to basically blow up our country, they're just going to roll right through us and go to the Baltics and everyone else. Yes. So we should not have Ukraine fatigue. We should have Russia fatigue.
2: Yes, the propaganda. My big takeaway from that trip was just how sophisticated the propaganda was.
4: It's very sophisticated. Coming out of Russia and Putin. Very sophisticated. Not
2: just in Ukraine. They were once funding the NGOs in Europe. They attacked fracking. Correct. Russia TV. I was not. You know, I hadn't tuned into Russia TV until that trip. It's uh, it's frightening.
4: So he's saying they're doing this throughout Europe. So uh, this is this isn't just about Ukraine.
2: So yeah, it is a a, a way. It's really a
4: messaging. You know, they are. It's a propaganda war. Russia is trying to turn Ukraine against itself. Yes. And that's... It's sophisticated. And it's a... Maniacal. Yes. And guess who's the only one taking a strong stand up against it? We are... We're not, but, but we're not. I'll guarantee you that's what it is. the russians hacked the dnc and got the oppo research that they had on trump (laughs) the russians hacked the dnc to get oppo on trump and like delivered it to to boo there's two people i think putin pays. roerbacher and trump (laughs) swear to god swear to god roerbacher and trump swear to god This is an off the record. (laughs) No leaks. (laughs) All right. (laughs) This is how we know we're a real family here.
2: That's how you know that we're
4: tight. What's said in the family stays in the family. And so.
0: Thank you for spending your time with Narrative and stay tuned. There's much more to this conversation in our next episode. Narrative is made possible by viewers and listeners like you who join at patreon.com forward slash narrative. Join today and support truly independent journalism. Patreon.com forward slash narrative.